0: Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I am your host, Winston Burns, with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? Going
1: pretty good, man. How's everything?
0: It's going pretty good. And um, tonight, you know, we we have a doubleheader. We've got um, Mr. Johnny Meads, a former linebacker for the uh, Houston Oilers and the Washington Redskins. Um, and in, this, in the second half of the episode, we're going to have uh, Trent Morales for a uh, mental review, a good friend of mine. But, uh, Mr. Johnny, it's been a while. The last time we had you on, it was uh, for the Super Bowl preview with the Chiefs and 49ers. But uh, thanks for being back on, sir.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, getting me back in here and sitting down and talking. Am I coming in OK?
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right. Definitely. And um, to start it off uh, tonight with um, a a few NFL topics dealing with Patrick Mahomes' um, lucrative uh, recent contract. Um, You know, last week, uh, the the 24-year-old reigning Super Bowl MVP agreed to a 10-year contract extension worth up to uh, 503 million. million. This could also keep him in Kansas City through um, at least 2031, and it's the largest contract in sports history. Um, Mahomes is under contract five years longer than any other current player, some of the NFL play, some of the few NFL players that have gotten a deal for 10 plus years are um, Brett Farr with green Bay and oh1 uh, Donovan McNabb with Philadelphia in 02 and Michael Vick with Atlanta in Oh four. Um, these deals ended prematurely for different reasons, but Mahomes um, may be a better bet than any of those players. Um, he's one of three quarterbacks in league history to throw 50 touchdowns in a season, along with Brady and Peyton Manning. Um, but, but Mr. Johnny, looking at this, like, what are your thoughts on the, on this, you know, lucrative contract, one of the, you know, the the most lucrative contract we've seen from a quarterback and and just thoughts on how Mahomes will build on what he's accomplished as he's only 24.
2: Yeah, I I think it's epic, of course, um, you know, and and well-deserving. I think it's a case where when you're able to um, lock a guy like that of his caliber down for um, that that extended period of time, uh, obviously you know what kind of – what kind of player he is that's that that's uh what it's a testament to when they uh give a a guy that type of a contract they know that he's you know uh those guys in the in the caliber of those guys you mentioned the uh Farves and Mannings and um that type so uh, yeah i thought it was uh, I, like i guess i thought it was epic
0: yeah Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at what this does for Kansas City, they've got a, a, a transcendent quarterback that's going to be with them for a long time. Um, the Chiefs are, are the rare Super Bowl contender, returning uh, its head coach, all three coordinators, and um, 22 of 23 assistant coaches. Plus, if they resolve the contract situation with Chris Jones, their star defensive tackle, they'll retain all 22 of their starters. Um, that's something, when you look at it, you know, can even better their odds of a repeat this year, even though. The Ravens are right there and, and I think there's a chance, you know, they can be just as good as Kansas City um this season. Um, but but Savon, like looking at it from the Chiefs perspective, like what are your thoughts on how Kansas City roster is kind of built for the future and also how Mahomes will continue to develop?
1: I think they'll be fine for the next five years. Ten years, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh injury is definitely injury would definitely not be there in, in the next 10 years. Um, I think Sammy Watkins fizzles out in the next three to five years. Like the wide receiver core is gonna change. Tight end is gonna change. Running backs, I think, will still be solid with Damian Williams and uh Clyde from LSU. But right now, for the next three to five years with Patrick Mahomes at the Rams, I think they are really gonna be a good squad on defense. I think they just Reconstructed uh, Chris Jones contract. I think he had like a four year extension, if I'm not mistaken. I saw NFL.com, but when, from the standpoint, of office standpoint, they still have the weapons. They have a running game. They had a young running back who just won a national championship with LSU. You still have Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. You have an awesome tight end. So office standpoint, I'm just worried about the yeah. secondary again, uh, for sure. That's like the mm-hmm. the red, the you know. Red flag for me for the Kansas City Chiefs. They always had a good pass rush, good core and linebackers with Hitchens um, at the the Rams, and they just got Taco from uh, I think Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, who didn't you know add up at there. But I think their secondary is going to have some fits. They didn't really do anything in the secondary. I thought they were going to try to get like a veteran guy or get like a younger guy in the draft, but they didn't do it. They focus on obviously the ten-year deal <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes, which is a yeah. good investment. But I think exactly. that the secondary is going to have them troubles. But everything else is going to, yeah. I think they can go back to the Super Bowl easily.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you look at this back of the postseason run. They every time they were coming back from a deficit. Um, you know, w- w- with the Texans, they have one, um, and then. Um, you look at just with Tennessee, you know, it, it was, it was kind of back and forth from the in, the, in the, beginning. And then, you know, they pull away and then with the 49ers, um, that I think it was like a third and 15 that, that Mahomes threw to, uh, to, to, to Tyreek Hill that really just kind of changed the momentum of that game later, like in the last seven minutes. Um, Mr. Johnny, like when you look back at this postseason run, obviously like the Ravens, they were, they were taken out early. Um, what were your thoughts on just kind of like how they were able to, to, um, Make a, a a really impressive run, like Mahomes just put that team on his back, and um, just also, what are your thoughts on just kind of with the target on the back that they're that they're going to have this season? How do you think they're going to be able to handle it? Because right now, like it, everybody's attention is going to be on the Chiefs and the AFC.
2: Yeah, I, I think that obviously that's the case, which is always the case whenever you're you're a Super Bowl champ. Um, but to the Chiefs' advantage. What you talked about uh, real briefly uh, with their squad is the fact that they have that, their whole coaching staff coming back. It, that continuity um, is is something that's uh, that's a that's a huge a huge deal uh, when you have the continuity with the coaching staff and you know with the with the majority of the players, uh, with the exception of the the ones that they they've acquired to help them in, in, in those pieces that Savon, uh with those pieces that on mentioned. Uh, not only the, the fact that they have that, those pieces added with the young players that they've drafted, that, that core element with the coaching staff and that continuity uh, is big. But with regard to the, the fact that they uh, they had that run, when they came back from the deficit that they had with the Texans, that, of mm-hmm. course, you know, uh, Mahomes is, is confident anyway. But when you have that kind of comeback right. and you, your confidence just swells. And when they had those deficits, uh, subsequently in the, uh, in the other games that they had, uh, going up to the Super Bowl, they knew that they were gonna, uh, you know, try to be able to overcome whatever obstacles w- were gonna be, be presented to them. So, uh, as much as there's gonna be a case where, um, you know they're they're gonna have some people that's gonna uh you know they're gonna have targets on them obviously but uh yes, and absolutely. they're gonna be people gunning for them they have the the continuity of course they have the quarterback and you know they have all the pedigree that that uh that makes for uh what could you know very very possibly be a, a repeat uh, because I know that they don't want Patrick Mahomes to uh to be a one trick wonder you know, it's it's a case where obviously with this contract and the the as I mentioned the continuity and the pieces that they have around him uh, that they try to get around him with the the offense and and as well as the defense they're they're going to be groomed for um, you know multiple Super Bowl runs.
0: Yeah, and, and before we transition, either of you can can give an answer first. Uh, like looking over this 10 year. Um, a, a, a extension and, and what this contract is worth like what's the maximum amount of Super Bowls do, do you guys think the uh, Chiefs can get in this uh upcoming run
2: you said uh say that you know I thought you mentioned that they had you know a, a five-year window obviously not a 10-year yeah. but right. the, the the fact that they can I mean on the low end they can in addition to this one uh with with counting this one they can they can at least be in, guys, and that's what you want to be. You want to be in the uh, in the Super Bowl at least, you know, mm-hmm. next, you know, three to five times. And I don't know if they're going right. to win it, you know, uh, but that's what they're groomed for. Uh, and and you know, with this contract, um, as I said, once it, Mahomes is going to be getting older um, as this contract comes, you know, um, you know, as it as it goes forward, obviously. Uh, as mm-hmm. much as you're gonna uh, be looking for him to do the things that he's doing now, um, as a as a former player, you know, the the it's a it's a case where the that that uh, that talent kind of dwindles a little bit as much <laughs> right. as you think. <laughs> so it, it, he's got the arm, you know, he's got the, not to mention yeah. that athletic ability, guys. That right. stuff goes away after. After, after a while, not to mention the hits and all those kinds of things, as, as much as I'm hoping that he will protect himself, um, right. you know, it's not going to be – I know he's, you want it to be those those 10 years, but I don't look at it being more than about five years plus, um, maybe a couple more, and maybe with, with about three Super Bowls, you know, in there. Because the problem is, not that it's not uh, – he won't be Super Bowl uh, – of super bowl caliber it's just so tough you know to to, Actually to reach win it. yeah the that pinnacle like like the likes of the patriots have done and right, some of the yeah. dynasties that ha- that have so that's i see i see about 3 to uh 5 at least attempts you know of getting to the super bowl
1: I agree. I totally agree. And the first person I thought about was Aaron Rodgers, but then it kind of like quickly diminished because Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Brett Favre so his yeah. quarterback yeah. life expectancy kind of went up, you know, because he sat mm-hmm. down. Patrick Mahomes Agreed. has been in it for from, six, from, from the almost game. since day
2: one. Yeah. So
1: that way and tear is going to eventually catch up with him for sure. <laughs> um I think the young wide receiver core they have in Hardman and uh um, I think they, they got some other guys, but like I said, I think Sammy Watkins will kind of, you know, slip yeah, off. Fizzle. Yeah, Yeah, fizzle off, but definitely three attempts for sure. This year, yeah. if everything goes well with the pandemic, I think it's going into a big office. Who can score the most points? That's what the NFL is going to. Um, but they, yeah, definitely this year and probably 2022. I'm just going to call mm-hmm. it in between. You know, because mm. Tom Brady's got two more years, so we don't know.
0: <laughs> two more years. <laughs> we yeah. never know about about Tom and Tampa. We yeah. never. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and transitioning to uh, to Cam Newton's uh, new fit in, in New England, um, you know, near the end of last month, the Patriots picked up Cam Newton for a one year, seven point five million deal that became official this past week. And um, and when you look at the situation, Bill Belichick's always been known to make adjustments to stay ahead of the curve. Um, cam coming here symbolizes just a mark shift that could completely transform um new england's offense dramatically and for the last few decades we've been just so accustomed to seeing the excellence of of a quarterback coach duo and belichick and brady um competent and just one of the most successful franchises um uh just overall in, in, in sports as well and um since Newton was cut and in, in, um was cut by carolina in march the rumors of him possibly going there gave just uh a, a huge rush of a thrilling football experiment, as as a lot of people just, especially with Josh McDaniels having um, a quarterback like Cam Newton, a, a different, um, a, a dual threat type of quarterback that he's never really had before. Um, it, it's just something really brand new for New England, and he's you know battled shoulder injuries, um, and and the question of his health long term will always be key. Um, his passing grade hasn't gotten to the levels of uh, his twenty twenty fifteen M- MVP season. But, you know, as we know, his ability to use his arm and and his legs make him a unique talent um, worth building an offense around. But Mr. Johnny, like what are your thoughts on how Cam can fit with the New England system as um, he's motivated to have a major bounce back season after um, his departure with the Panthers?
2: And and that's that's what it uh, kind of amounts to, the fact that any time a player goes of his caliber, um, similar to Tom, goes to another team, they, they're going to want to prove themselves, right? right. And and he, he still does have, you know, a tremendous amount of talent. And for him being there in New England, it's going to be so, so different but, but better in terms of what Belichick is able to – what he's going to do with him, I think, and uh, how it's going to uh, work with that offense. Because remember, when things were – Going the way they were with with Tom Brady, he had some you know had a few opportunities to do some things with his legs, like Cam would you know obviously do that. Uh, Tom you know wasn't just literally literally wasn't able to do. So that's going to help their their cause. Um, and I know there's going to be some things that that Belichick's going to have up his sleeve for uh, um, you know with regard to um, you know a talented quarterback like Cam. So I think it's going to be. Good. Um, If Wellington, you're uh, um, a Patriots fan and not just a Tom Brady fan, yes. um, You're going to Patriots fan. Yeah, you're going (laughs) to, you know, I know since Tom left, maybe you were, you know, maybe wanting to jump off the bandwagon. Oh, no. I'm staying
0: with New England. I'm staying with New England and Belichick. Ride this out.
2: All right. All right. And and even more of a reason to, because you got even uh, a better well, a, a more talented um, athletic-wise, not arm-wise maybe. Yeah, athletic. and, um, but athletic-wise, you got a better, better talent. So <clears throat> it, it's, it, um, you know, you, you, you have reason for optimism for sure.
0: Yeah, and that was the thing with Jared Stidham. A lot of people felt as though Belichick was just gonna, you know, maybe wait long term. But like, it's just one of those things where Belichick—he's always gonna try to stay competitive, stay ahead of the curve. And this mm-hmm. was just a prime opportunity to um to go in for the type of pick, and you know, whether it be the season-ending injuries he had um in in both 2018 and 2019, um, the Patriots n- never winning big without Brady in New England. Um, also having an older receiving core in the league with uh, Julian Edelman being 34. Um, it's a new 30 and um, Nikhil Harry, a younger developing receiver. And we can look at this as either the Pats just um, pick up a completely recovered MVP candidate, or he's going to be possibly an overqualified game manager as he's going to be leading a team with a good defense and making plays when necessary. And, and the plus with this is for for Cam is that their offensive line is much better than what he had in Carolina and the coaching advantage that Belichick um, has is always important um, but to you, Savon, like do you see more pros or cons as Cam's going to be working with Joshua Daniels and Belichick as he, he and them try to maximize the situation, but he's he's got kind of an older receiving core um with with with, with the amount of years Edelman and players like Mom New have been with England? I think before they start.
1: You know, sign Cam Newton. I know they went through like a vigorous, like pros and cons list on the on the on the board with the expos. Uh, McDaniel's probably was in the room. (laughs) Kraft was in the room. Everybody was in the room trying to figure out: Do we want Cam Newton? Because Superman has kryptonite. You look at his injuries, but also his uh, his accuracy over the years. His past four or five years, but you know, post uh, going to the Super Bowl and and losing to uh, the different Broncos. And we we see the the injuries plague and we see the, the inconsistency and uh accuracy, um, his his ability to close games out due to I mean the defense and some of the offensive line, but we just saw Cam Newton not be Cam Newton. He wasn't Superman, he wasn't busting open his chest and showing the, the S. But now he has a, a newfound light. I think the Patriots could utilize a dual threat quarterback. McDaniel should jump I knew the, the offensive line is definitely McDaniel gonna look was gonna
0: jump to this conclusion. I mean, he he was going love to love this new fit with Cam.
1: I think so. And Cam Newton thinks so, too. He was like, I'm not, you know, Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady what he did. But, McDaniel, you get to call plays you never called before. And I think that's right. a, a different element you have to have with your game. Now you have your star quarterback for years winning Super Bowls. You need a new gimmick. Not a gimmick, but you need a new style of quarterback to say it was the system. Let's get back at Tom Brady say it's the system. If we make Cam Newton shine the way I think Cam Newton can, even with the older wide receivers and Sanu, new i i took a while to get back to the wide receiver thing sorry Wellington, but <laughs> even with the wide receivers i think that dual threatness cam knew is going to be healthy he looks healthy he feels healthy he has a chip on his shoulder so that all plays into plays into oh, i i i i want to show people i still still got it i think one of his right. workouts he said uh they gave up on me yeah, he's, constantly up on said it. he's constantly said
0: he's constantly read they gave
1: up on me now he has that chip on his shoulder, like Mr. Johnny said, like you 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 come in with that with chip on your shoulder. I think with the older wide receivers with the new offensive line and with Sonny Michelle at the running back position, I think they could do some damage. That one two punch, they add the the read option in there, not to get him in, you know, harm's way, but add that element in there, just like they do with Baltimore, it'll it'll you'll, you'll show it. teams will be afraid of the still with Cam Newton at the yeah. quarterback.
0: Absolutely, and, and and looking at it because you know the, with what the with what the Bills got, I mean, like they they, they got a, a huge addition in Stefan Diggs, and they were in the postseason um, last year as well, had the chance, you know, to to win a really competitive um, wild card against the Texans. And I mean, when you look at it, it's one of those things where, Mr. Johnny, do you see it being like where a situation where the Patriots, you know, they're able to get into the postseason again, or even bigger, where? Do you feel as though they can compete with the elite of the AFC? Because I still feel like the Ravens and Chiefs are just in a separate class. Like, like, what do you see the potential for this specific Patriots team?
2: Oh, I, I absolutely think they'll compete. They'll 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 compete uh, compete highly um, in the in the AFC. Again, mm-hmm. with all, with all the things that we just mentioned, uh, the the fact that Cam's there, you're talking about um, the the Belichick system. You're talking about some of the things that they, that they can add uh, elements that they didn't have. Um, that's going to bode well for him and um uh, consequently have um have a real competitive uh season uh coming up with uh with the addition of Cam and and the Belichick system i'm i'm actually more of a fan um you know with with cam being there than i have been as as a uh, you know as a patriot fan or non-patriot mm-hmm. fan as it were uh i i, I do uh, really think that they can be competitive um, and and there's going to be actually some uh some teams surprisingly that's going to be afraid of them i I really believe because when when you look at the um the the dynasty as it is with the with the uh patriots um you know that there's still some things that you know you i talked about with the with the chiefs uh the coaching continuity you know that that's been there and having um you know, somebody like Cam, uh, hopefully, buy into that. You you can you can move forward and do some uh, do some real good things. So I, I absolutely think they can be uh, highly competitive.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, we we always hear about the Patriots way. Like, when when, so if when when you look at just Cam having to buy into this fully, like being accepting of it. Like, do you think it's one of those things where he'll one hundred percent just buy into the Patriots way and system, especially coming off of just you know. Uh, a recovery and really looking for a way to build, build back up his career.
1: He has no choice. He has no <laughs> choice whatsoever. <clears throat> the fact that teams waited this long, including the Patriots to sign him to a one year deal. And he said the money didn't matter. So he's already bought in. If he accept yeah. a low ball uh, contract, like he did, then he's already bought in. And it's the Patriots. People love to pay for the Patriots, even though if they don't get the much shine or they fizzle out like Ocho did. I was that's the one person I hate. He went to the Patriots. He didn't do anything. Couldn't catch. did work out. But I think with Cam, he's already bought in for sure. So he's got the we, call. He,
2: not only, not only um, that he definitely bought in, um, but I also think that it's going to be a case where when he does uh, decide to. Um, get into this system and and maybe start running things. It might it might even be a case where he turns back into to the old Cam and say, "You see, yeah. you know, right. I you guys knew I could do I knew I can do this and start being you know I, I pray and and hope that he he's you know humble himself or continue to be humble. But it can very well be that he turns back into the old Cam. I right. you know I don't know that, but. Um, yeah he absolutely has and should uh, be all in to this thing right now without question because of the things that Savon said
0: yeah absolutely and um now transitioning to um to Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson you know looking at, at at these players you know all three all three of these quarterbacks had ex- exits before um conference championships in this past postseason with um Lamar Jackson you know he's the reigning Uh, League MVP um, has has a fast twitch, frenetic, frenetic ability to run, and and has been called a a modern day Michael Vick. Um, Just an explosive athlete, and the offense he's running is extremely complex and is built around um, his ability to run the triple option. Um, Then you have Deshaun Watson, who's an all around playmaker, which is a staple of his game. And this past season, he performed even more efficiently, getting rid of the ball faster to avoid sacks, um, extend plays very well, and executed a lot of uh, run pass option plays. And then finally, uh, Russell Wilson, especially this year, remained the foundation of the team's offense. Led the team to the divisional round and vaulted himself in MVP uh, candidacy, even though he was sacked forty eight times, um, tied for the league high. Um, he also led the team on five on five game winning drives in twenty nineteen. Um, but Mister Johnny, like out of the out of these three quarterbacks, when they're at their best, who, who would you kind of want to um, start a franchise with?
2: Uh, I. I think Lamar Jackson. This like this like a, a, a franchise was literally started with him. Uh, this this right. you know uh, situation that that um, he's living in now and, and dealing with. It's it's um, it's who you want to to have a, a franchise to be um, started with, because the 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 nature of the league, you know, in terms of this you know uh, run. Uh, option type um, offense, and you have a, a such a dynamic, uh, you know, playmaker and athlete. And Lamar, it's it's no question in my mind that it would be Lamar Jackson. And here's the thing about that: just a, a little caveat. It's not something that you would have said had he not shown uh, Wellington what he can do, and and, and vaulting himself right. to uh, MVP MB, candidates. You, I, you know you wouldn't have said that had you not seen you know what I'm saying have you not seen what yeah, he can do? you can
0: actually
2: seen the production. yeah you, If you now that you've seen what this young man can do you should in my opinion you should say yes I want to start a franchise with this guy because of you know the the, the tremendous athlete that he is and the things that he can do not only with his legs and his tremendous quickness and uh speed uh, but he can throw the ball really well he can handle like you said a, a, a complex offense i mean mm-hmm. yes i i like you know the the other guys that that uh, that i mentioned russell wilson you know i understand he's he's the old man in this group now and he's yeah doing tremendous <laughs> things right um you know yeah. the, the 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 kid down there with the texans uh, a tremendous athlete oh, in himself yeah um but i think it's it's uh because of the, the 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 dynamic you know playmaking ability that he has and the things that he's shown having uh vaulted himself to uh being an mvp um, player he's no question the um the guy that i would want to start my franchise with
0: yeah absolutely and, and um say like looking at it um overall I kind of have a two-part question for you overall like who would you go with to start a franchise with and, and also looking back at their three losses you know with um the Ravens like they have a surprising loss to the Titans um you know Jackson has uh I mean uh Lamar really has a, a better passing performance but he has to because they're running you know behind um and then Deshaun Watson like they they have the a huge lead on Kansas City um below that and then russell wilson um you know they're down 21 to 3 to green bay they make a run at it and uh still come up short in that divisional round it, it was a a, a a tight game but still come up short um who would you start a franchise with at their best and also which player do you think can, can build um the most on from their um last playoff loss
1: i i have to go with russell wilson man uh For multiple reasons, because when he first got in the league, they did a a bunch of triple option, option stuff. And then they realized he was still a real deal quarterback who can stand in the pocket, who can extend plays, who has the best deep ball accuracy in the game right now for the past whatever years he's been in the league. And he's a leader, man. He's one of those guys you can't be mad at. He's he's just a, a stone cold leader. He's he's defeated so many odds and being like six foot <laughs> coming from NC State baseball <laughs> yeah. player. And it's so it's it's crazy uh that he didn't get the ten year gazillion dollar yeah, deal from the Seahawks. But no, for sure, I would definitely go with Russell not Russell Westbrook. Oh my gosh, Russell Woods.
0: <laughs> the NBA season isn't back yet. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, curly hair guy. Now I definitely go with him, man. I just he has those intangible, intangible things you look for in a quarterback. Um, X the, the height, <laughs> the height situation, but I think he has everything else you yeah. want. Um, and he's 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 good in the media. He's good out the media. He's good on the field. Mm-hmm. He has a rapport with players. Consistent awesome professional. Yeah, concert professional, and he's just—he's just a good guy, man. He's just—I would, yeah, I would go have a beer with Russell Wilson. Like, just probably get, he probably drinks cranberry juice, so I'll—I'll I'll go get a cranberry Russell. Like, he's—he's a, he's a good guy, man. I'll definitely start a house with him. Cranberry
0: juices with Russell Wilson. Say <laughs> box. That's
2: crazy. <laughs> but Over um, yeah.
0: <laughs> But uh, but uh, be, before we close out on um, this recording, uh, Mr. Johnny, is, is there one thing in particular with Lamar Jackson you, you're looking forward to see the most being developed as you know they they have a just a, a, a resounding, amazing, successful season, but come up short um, in the divisional round um, as there were just sky high expectations for them in the postseason.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's uh, relatively easy. I think not to be. Um, you know, too full of yourself because I thought, you know, they, they felt that they could handle after, you know, they've done – had done what they've done. They would handle the, a team like the Titans with ease, and I think it was a, a confidence thing. I think um, nothing that you need to do, obviously, uh, you know, athletic-wise, but I think it's may, a, maybe a, a confidence thing, you know, kind of um, mental – uh, more importantly than than anything else, um, with with uh, with Lamar, I think he's mm-hmm. he's certainly going to come back and with that confidence that he he, he should have, and not being overconfident and thinking that uh, you know they had that thing, he's gonna uh, he's gonna come back and and uh, and do well and and uh, you know it's gonna be a, a good situation for him. As a uh, as a comeback player, um, you know to to avenge, I guess that situation that uh, they had, nice. that you know you coming from uh, playing a wild card team in the Titans and and not being able to overcome that, you just got to you have to be confident now, and mm-hmm. uh, and be able to to um, overcome that kind of stuff. And I think he will.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mr. Johnny, it has been an absolute pleasure. You're, you're always one of our favorite guests. And uh, thank you be, for being back on tonight, sir.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. You know that, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, but I got I to gotta get this stuff together. You got to call me early. And oh, yeah.
0: Got <laughs> to <stuff> <laughs> get it together <laughs> earlier. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we're going right, to take guys, a
0: quick take break. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Trina Morales for our mental review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our memento review with Trenton Morales, and he's a, a really good friend of mine, as a, a fan of the show, um, also a big time Christopher Nolan fan. Um, just as long, just as long with me, we've had many good talks about um, just some of his best films, and this one it, it is right up there with it. Um, and, and we also had the sad news of uh, <laughs> of Tenet, as we were talking about earlier, but but uh, w- with it not coming out. But thanks for being on, man. No,
3: I appreciate it, Wellington. Yeah, it's uh, de- definitely a sad day. Uh, that when I saw that tenant got pushed back but just nature of what it is but you know, it's funny like our theater the theater that we normally go to it's in our neighborhood uh, or in our area where we mm-hmm. live at they're, they're showing all these old films right now so they actually showed The Dark night last week uh, I was tempted wow. to go watch it, just to say I can go watch it again in theaters because you know, the it's feel just, of you that mean, in
0: the, the theaters the feel oh, of that movie in the theaters is, is something else
3: oh uh, no doubt I actually ended up re-watching the movie uh, at my house but like because it was like 12 years ago or something like that, since I saw it in theaters. and It's something to me bad, yeah. man. It's, it's one of the best films ever, uh, and it goes right up there. Uh, but, but, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, much love for you and your family down there in Pensacola. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about, talk about this movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to start it off with the overview, um, Memento is a 2000 American neo noir psychological thriller film written and directed by Christopher Nolan, produced by Suzanne and Jennifer Todd, um, this film script was based on a pitch by Jonathan Nolan, who wrote the 2001 story, *A Mental Mori, from the concept. Um, Guy Pearce stars as a man who, as a result of an injury, has interrogated um, amnesia, the abil- inability to form new memories, and has short-term memory loss approximately every 15 minutes. Um, he's searching for the people who attacked him and killed his wife, using an intricate system of Polaroid uh, photographs and tattoos to track information he can't remember. And um, the cast includes... Guy Pearce, Carrie Ann Moss, Joe Panto, uh, Pantoliano, Mark Boone, Callum Keith-Rennie, and Thomas Lennon, Kimberly Campbell, Larry Holden, um, Russ Vega, and um, Marianne um, Muller-Hiley. It had a budget of $9 million and brought in $39.7 million in the box office. It has a 93% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it had numerous accolades, including Oscar nominations for Best Original Screenplay and Best Film Editing. It's also considered one of Christopher Nolan's finest works and one of the best films of the 2000s. Um, but what were your initial thoughts on this film as just a culturally significant one of its time and also one that really jump-started what we think of as a, a great Christopher Nolan film?
3: Yeah, man. So, you know, a full disclosure, like I um even though you, know, you just gave me all you know, gave me all this gas about how much of a Nolan fan I am, I I, I never really watched the film <laughs> to, about, to about three weeks ago. Um just you know, it's it's kind of one of the things that, you know, unless you really are looking for it, you're not going to find it. You're not going to go like to your, of course, you know, we don't have a movie store anymore. You can't just go to the movie store and find Memento on the shelf. Um, but mm-hmm. I came across it and we were talking about doing this, doing a review together and um, I, I knew I had to do it. And then when I saw it, I was like, okay, here we go. And uh, initial impression, man, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Let me run this back. Uh, literally, yeah. I was, it, was a Sunday, it was a Sunday afternoon I was just chilling with my son, and I watched the movie, and I said, run it again, one more time," I'm and it uh, <laughs> was running back. And um, you know, just my initial thoughts were like, "Man, what?" It it, it falls into the same lines. It's clever writing, clever, um, you know, cinematography. Just you know, kind of the the way that Nolan kind of pulls you in, and is like, "I'm gonna take you on this ride. Come along with me." And again, it touches a lot of the same things that he he really kind of revolves around. You know, whether that's the 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 subject of time, uh, whether that's you know what is objective truth, all these different kinds mm-hmm. of things. I mean, it, it's a it's a a perfect setup for what we would see when it comes to the Batman trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, on and on and on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, and the brilliant innovative structure was something that many critics highlighted with their thoughts on it. And, and film critic James um, B- uh, uh, Donnelly ranked it number one on his year-end top in, top 10 list and number 63 on his all-time um, top 100 films. Another critic, Rob um, Blackwellder said about Christopher Nolan, quote, he makes every single element of the film a clue to the larger picture as the story edges back toward the origins of Leonard's uh, quest, end quote. And I mean... That's one of the things. The elements that Nolan drops in it are something is something that we even see the, with the films, like you said, with Interstellar, Inception, um, the Dark Knight trilogy, and, and all of that is is just something that um, is is really memorable um, to you in terms of what Nolan does as a director. Like, is it the concept of time, or just maybe even the the fact that we have to watch these films two or three times to really appreciate everything? Because everything that Christopher Nolan does is is just laid out so well and is just so orchestrated in it in a neat fashion
3: yeah i think it's definitely about you know just the way he lays it out and the way that he yeah. keeps you kind of like guessing with it like uh you know uh, i watched inception a few months ago with a friend of mine and i made a, uh, the point uh, something that he didn't pick up on but like so whenever Cobb is wearing his wedding ring he's typically in a, in a dream state but when he's not wearing it he's he's awake in the real world so it's like, you know, things like that you just pick up on. And the same thing with Memento, like, you know, going back and watching it, it's like, oh, so now, now it's starting to follow how this movie is laying out, starting to yeah. follow how, you know, how, he, what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do. It's, uh yeah, it's just, that's yeah, just the nature of who he is, man. He makes you, he's it, it, a good director because he makes you sit there and say,
0: okay, this is what I want to
3: see. This is what I want to, uh, this is what I want to hear. Yeah. And uh, it's great.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And, and now transitioning from, from one to four stars with what would you give it? Um, to me, it it was a a clear four star film. It was just one of the most original and unique thrillers ever. How would you use reverse chronology extremely well? And it's so complex, but it's influencing at the same time as it really changes a viewer's perspective on cinema. Um, just an overall genius film as Nolan's able to maintain this story while either going forward or backwards. Um, but to you overall, from one to four stars, what would you give it?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely four stars. Uh, there's not many films. And, and of course, you know, we're, you, know, you, you, you gave people the warning. We're, we're, we're standing really hard for Christopher Nolan. Uh, there's, not, <laughs>
0: there's not many films. My co-host films. Savon Wooden. My co-host Savon Wooden. No, <laughs> he
3: would not. He would not. Uh, the, uh, uh, there's not many films with his that I would definitely say it, it doesn't really meet the quality and what what I expect, and, and this one does not. So definitely four stars.
0: Yeah, and and now transitioning to a favorite character. Um, for for me it was Leonard as he's just excellently portrayed by Guy Pearce and grapples with the characteristics of isolation, duality, and perception. Um, and his search for truth and meaning are are just beautifully enhanced later in the film. Um, to me he's he's a, he's he may be you, you can put him in the list of a top five Nolan character in terms of what he's able to portray in this film, the humanity and just grappling with what he's having to comprehend and, and really find out the tr- the truth in the end. Um, but to you overall, who was um, kind of like your favorite character in this particular film?
3: Uh, now I have to roll with Teddy on this one. Um, just mm. the way that he, you know, kind of the, 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 the split nature of who Teddy is. Like you feel like he genuinely cares for Leonard and he wants him to be you know protected and safe. But you also kind of feel like he's gonna use Leonard to his advantage. He's gonna use Leonard to to do things that he wants him to do. And which we which we find a lot of people in this movie and they're doing. Uh but Teddy always seems to stick on the way he his quirky personality and the way that he just kind of sees the world. Um and he, he he was definitely one of my favorite characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um the, uh, and, and now transitioning to most memorable scene quote of the movie, um, For scenes I had, um, I finally found him where Leonard um, discovers that Teddy Gamble is the man he's looking for and shoots him. Um, My wife deserves vengeance, um, where Leonard meets with Natalie to get information about the man who murdered his wife and recalls his life before she was killed. Will you remember me? Um, Natalie offers to help Leonard in hopes that he will remember her the next time they meet. Um, I know I can't have her back, where Leonard tries to comprehend the feeling of loss he experiences for his later wife. Um, can You Get Angry, where Natalie asks Leonard to kill the man who's after and, and is furious when he refuses. You make up your own truth. And, and that's where Teddy tries to make Leonard understand that he's already killed his wife's murderer. And um, when my eyes are closed, the world's still still here. And, and that's, you know, the final scene where Leonard makes the decision to target Teddy as his wife's killer um, rather than, than to accept reality. Um, but looking back at it to, to you, what was kind of like the most memorable scene um, of Mental?
3: Uh, so I got two scenes that really stick out to me, and they actually both fall in line with one another. Um, the first one is when Teddy is in the Jaguar waiting for Leonard. It surprises him. Of course, he has to, you know, jog Leonard's memory and show him, hey, this is what, you know, this is what's going on here. And yeah, this is also the scene where he also tells him, you, you need to be careful with Natalie. Don't let her use you. But of course, what we know is that. Natalie has set Leonard on the course to target Teddy by this point. So mm-hmm. that scene, you know, where where Natalie just really pushes him to the edge, um, you know, and turns, you know, her situation onto Leonard. So he, you know, wipes out Dodd, wipes out Teddy, you know, basically frees her from any kind of association. with What's going on? Um, that scene is just powerful because, like, when she says, you know, I, you could hit me right now. I could leave and you wouldn't even know what happened. And it was like, yeah. man, like, like and that's it, it, kind of like the the turning point for her character where she becomes essentially the antagonist in the film. You know, she's pushing Leonard to a point where he doesn't want to go, but he also can't stop himself mm-hmm. from going because he thinks that's where he needs to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and now after listening to most memorable quotes um, for, from Teddy, uh, you don't know who you are anymore. Leonard, I'm not a killer. I'm just someone who wanted to make things right. Natalie, but even if you get revenge, you're not going to remember it. You're not even going to know what happened. "End quote." Um, Leonard, I always thought the joy of reading a book is not knowing what happens next. Teddy, you really want to to get this guy, uh, don't you? Um, t- t- to me, like Natalie, Nat- Natalie's line of, "But even if you get revenge, you're not going to remember it." Um, she's <laughs> constantly just going at him in terms of what he's, of what he's struggling with, what he cannot, you know, actually um, function and 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 uh, deliver out. Um, in, in terms of just the, the, the memory loss and all of those things. Um, but to you, kind of what was uh, your most memorable quote?
3: I think the, the, one quote, the one quote that sticks out to me the most is where he says, uh, you know, where Teddy and Leonard go back and forth and he's like, you don't even know who you are. And Leonard says, you know, uh Shelby from San Francisco, he's like, no, that's who you were. You don't know what you've become. Um, so basically yeah. I can say, again, kind of that zoom out effect of like, oh, we're starting to see you know, who Leonard is. So, but yeah, that, that line, all, uh, it stuck out to me the first time I saw it,
2: the
0: movie, and it, it stuck out ever since then. Yeah. Um, now transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? To, to me, just how the backward narrative captured its protagonist's um, fractured state of mind and the unconventional nature of it was orchestrated perfectly. Um, the daunting nature of making a film that opens with an ending and, close, and closes with an opening um, as it could have been, you know, a, a difficult and different element to be pulled off, but it was a crowd pleaser along with the visual clues that that added to the film's narrative. um but, but to you particularly, um what kind of did you like the most about this storyline? And, and also just looking at what could have went wrong with 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 just how this film played out. It, it's really amazing when you when you look at just the the unconventional nature of it and the fact that this is not your typical film. and in typical films like this, like, we both have, have it as a clear four-star film and that's, you know, not every unconventional film will get that. Um, but, but what did you kind of like the most about the storyline? And also just, did it surprise you just how unconventional, just how successful an unconventional film like this was?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, difficult definitely helped me surprise like, you know, to keep that balance of going back and forth, back and forth. Actually, I know that, you know, in, um, on uh, Instagram, I shared a video with you and I actually found a longer video where Nolan breaks down, like how he films this movie, and you know, and he basically you know draws this this almost like a half circle on the board, and you know, he's like, you know, the bottom of this is black and white, the top is color, color is going backwards, black and white going mm-hmm. forward, but then we're just jumping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then we also have scenes that are taking place outside of this timeline that we see ourselves. Like you know, he says one of the things that we don't know is we don't know how long Leonard has had his condition. You know, it could have been a year. It could have been three years, five years. We don't yeah. know. Um, so, it, it, it just kept, it kept, keeps you intrigued and it keeps you like, okay, this is where we are, you know. And I, I would say I, after probably the first few watches, you can really, it's easy, it's pretty easy to pick up on what's going but it makes it interesting mm-hmm. because then you can start to piece together, oh, this is how it's going forward to this point. Um, and for me, I think the the more you watch the story unfold, the more you don't trust Leonard. Um, you just you realize, oh, he, he has some pretty wicked intentions. Um, though he may not understand or know what's going on. He you know, he's, he's not he's not the the innocent person that we think of him to be. And um, it, uh, it's stirring. Uh, actually I, I've seen the uh, people talk about there there are copies out there of the film spliced together in the manner that the story would go. So going from the mm-hmm. black and white to the color without the without the interfacing and going back and forth. And it says yeah. that watching it watching it in that manner is super creepy. Because then you have this suspense wow. buildup up between, you know, where yeah. where Leonard is going to the point where he stops at killing Teddy. So uh yeah, I'm I'm sure that that's pretty creepy to watch just to notice what's going on. Uh, especially going into it now I know it's what's about to happen but to see it in a way in a different Mm -hmm. way I'm sure it's pretty uh crazy in of itself.
0: yeah definitely and transitioning to our last topic with 10 years from now is it still watchable and and, and intriguing um to to me it definitely is as it's packed with flourishes of of theatricality that make it different from a lot of Christopher Nolan films from the past and the plethora of a plot twists are, are fantastic along with guy pierce's performance and, and i was saying earlier like it, it, to me he leonard's character really was um when i look back at it back at it just one of nolan's five most fascinating characters that he's ever had in his films and that brought just so much humanity to this story as he's not only portrayed as a hunter but also as a widower widower and can convey you know the weight of grief so well um, but to you, like to, for those people that haven't even watched it and, and people down the road that will first watch it um, 10 years from now, what do you think will, will just kind of make this so watchable and intriguing um, down the road?
3: Well, I would say right off the bat, I think that you have to you have to be a, a fan of filmmaking, and storytelling to really enjoy this film. Um, you know, like, you know, with Batman, yeah. you could turn it on and there's going to be stuff blowing up. You're going to have iconic characters that you've grown up around.
2: Even you're if you're not
3: a, Right, you're locked in. Even if you're not a comic book fan, you can enjoy The Dark Knight because of how, you know, or, or Batman Begins or The Dark Knight Rises because of how iconic all these characters are. You've seen them for decades, you know, over a hundred years of this mm-hmm. character being written um, throughout our culture. So, but with this one, you have to really kind of lean in to storytelling and and um, and filmmaking. So I wonder, and I, you know, I've, I've come across this online that, that there is a um, a remake in the works of this film. And I wonder if it would have a much wow. bigger appeal. It would, I wonder if it would have a much bigger appeal if you had a bigger cast. You know, um, so pull. I, 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 I'm the, you're the host. And we're going to pull behind the curtain real quick. So this is our third time trying to record a podcast. <laughs>
0: Behind the curtain, guys. Behind the
3: curtain, like, <laughs> the, curtain, like you know, the, the, the Wizard of Oz has been exposed. Here we are. Um, you know, we. I said this on the first time we recorded this, but like Guy Pierce is like the great value of Brad Pitt. I mean, he has like the tan suit going <laughs> on. He's got the blonde tips going on, all the kind of stuff. Like, and, this is great comparison. I
0: mean,
3: this, this is this is Brad Pitt in the early two thousands. Um, so. So I wonder if it would have a bigger impact on people if you had a bigger cast, like say, if you had like a, mm-hmm. uh, like a, maybe like a Jake Gyllenhaal, who I think would be great in a film like this um, to, to step into oh, yeah. a role at this and say like, Oh, you know, am going take this on. And people would be like, Oh yeah, I, I want to check this out now because, you know, of, 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 of who the person is. So um, I, I think for people who enjoy filmmaking and storytelling, I truly believe it will carry on for many, many years. Um, and I think for some people, they'll be like, ah, this looks kind of tacky. You know, I don't want to follow this. So um, so I think it's a thing and you that's need the thing. you're going to, going to get the kind of critics
0: on. too. Right. You're really Absolutely. going to get the critics too, because I feel like with Christopher Nolan, there are some people that they weren't fans of Interstellar. They weren't fans of Dunkirk. Right. Um, they, they felt as though Dark Knight Rises didn't do as much as Dark Knight um, pulled out. And I feel like that's that's why he's one of the most compelling directors. I think he's one of the best directors we have alive now. But I also think that's why he's compelling, because the polarizing nature of his films is also one of the reasons why so many people are divided on it. And, you know, as my co-host Sav- Sav- um, Sav- um, Savon thought with Inception, he, he didn't feel like it was a, a great film. He thought it was a good film, but it's not a film that he would go back and watch. And some people hold that same right. kind of opinion, um, and take to it, and, and that's why it's kind of a divided thing with with Chris Reynolds. He's not the unanimous Tarantino-Scorsese type of director. There's, there's kind of a right. divided nature with, with, what, with what his work is.
3: Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, you have to understand that Nolan has a system in place that works well for what he does. So he's going to, right. you know, so you'll see so much carryover when it comes to the production team that he has working around him, the accuracy he has working on him, around him. You know, you Mm -hmm. see like, you know, um, right. Like, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt being an exception in Dark Knight Rises, uh, Christian Bale and, and, um, and playing Batman and Bruce Wayne, but also playing uh, in the prestige, you know, so there's all this carryover and he knows what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to approach it. And it's going to be pretty consistent. So uh, what music he wants to have. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, again, this is another topic for another day. The bummer that Hans Zimmer is not going to be on this new soundtrack, but I'm oh, sure either goodness. way, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure either see, way see, see, it's going to be. This is the greatness <laughs> of Christopher
0: Nolan, Trenton, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a specific guy who's going to be in control of a soundtrack not being there makes me disappointed for the film. Bravo, Christopher Nolan for doing that. I mean, he, right. he he's got the he he's, he's got the whole team, the whole setup in display, and and every element's important. Absolutely,
3: absolutely, and, and you know, and since we're going off and down this rabbit trail. But I'm going to throw this at you, man. I, I'll think about it as well. This will be rapid fire. Um, you talk about how Leonard Shelby is a top five Nolan character in these films. Who are the other four for you?
0: <laughs> see, these are, these are the see, 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 these are the answers. These are the questions that we actually need on this podcast. For, for <laughs> me, Joker's right up there. Absolutely. Um, Cobb and Inception. I would, I, I would also go with Cooper and in Interstellar because I felt like the humanity he displayed in it, and some some people may not agree with that, but I feel like the humanity he displayed in, the humanity he displayed in that film was was really um, exceptional. And for my fourth pick, I would, I would probably say the intensity that Bane had in Dark Knight Rises was really mm. like powerful to me, and I felt as though he brought in a different element in that film that like we saw it in dark Knight, there the, the mental aspect of what the joker had is what kind of got ahead of 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 batman but when you brought the physical presence that bane had mm-hmm. and what tom hardy brought in that that film i thought like that was a, another just uh, a great performance but you know who, who, who would you have in your top five i mean you, you brought the question up to so, me I'm I'm, I'm I'm dying to know yeah. who you would have in your top five. Oh,
3: totally totally yeah i think um um, yeah, I mentioned I watched the Dark Knight last week. I actually watched the entire Batman trilogy last week, um, so I would definitely mm. say that um, Joker is definitely up there. Every time I watch it, you just you're just kind of on the edge of your seat because it's like Heath Ledger brought a and and I would say Joaquin Phoenix did, did something similar too. But he they brought this kind of humanity to the Joker that you know he just wants chaos and he just wants to burn stuff down. Um, you know, like that that that, that line, that watch line the world burn. right? Yeah, that's it. He wants to watch the world burn. You know, or he's like, you know, I'm a dog chasing cars. I don't know what I would do if I would catch." Him. So, um, so Joker, I think is definitely <laughs> there for me. Um, I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit. Um, I, would, I would say Joker, Cobb is definitely up there because you know Leo is such a such a transcendent actor. I mean, he's been going for Absolutely. so long that I mean, he just. Everything he does is pretty solid. Um, so Cobb is definitely out there. I'm going to say Angier from um, from The Prestige, uh, played by Hugh Jackman.
0: Um, mm. Oh my cool. goodness. I, how did I
3: leave that out? Oh my goodness. I love The Prestige. Because, I, because Hugh is. I'm going to have to replace Bane.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, Hugh is such a, again, kind of a transcendent actor. You know, he just has a way. I'm just kind of you know filling in different roles and just making you really follow the character. So Angier from um, from the prestigious up there, and and I would say you know McConaughey definitely as Cooper. Um, he just oh yeah, I love he, his he, performance. Yeah. yeah, and and of course I've been a I've been I've been I've been a big McConaughey fan since True Detective. You know, just the way that he played that role, the way that he just embodied it was so powerful and we
0: also see a maturity we, we, we also yeah. see a, 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 even a more mature performance from him that we that we've ever seen like that, that's what i really loved about that it's it's not only a credit to nolan but it's also a credit to matthew mcconaughey for having such a mature performance in that type of movie absolutely absolutely
3: yeah because i mean you see like the 2000s he kind of goes through this rom-com phase and you know kind of yeah. you know you know, I don't lose a guy
0: in 10 days.
3: Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and if my wife hears me, you know, hey, I love you, babe. That was a fun movie, but yeah, I, you know, I, I give, give me the 2010 McConaughey. It's
1: not his best and work. He, <laughs>
3: it's not his best work, no doubt. No, no doubt. So, uh, um, yeah, but yeah, you can definitely see just a shift in his career and how he's just taking on more roles that are more grounded and more, you know, the tone is really kind of serious. And I, I think, he, I think yeah. he embodied it really well. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, and then I, would, I think, and finally, I would definitely say Leonard is up there. Just, and not just because of... It's not necessarily because of the performance of Guy Pierce, but just the iconic nature of the character that he is just stands out yeah. among the, the
0: Nolan universe. Wow. Well, I mean, you, you, you guys got it all in this one. You you, you got our top five My, uh... favorite Nolan characters. I didn't even plan for a Trenton. and j- 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 just pulled it out <laughs> on me <laughs> um randomly but but it, it was it was a, a a great twist and and man it, this has been an absolute pleasure we, we got to do this again thanks for being on man
3: hey yeah absolutely man i look forward to it It'll be a lot of fun
0: yeah well that wraps it up for tonight i'm host one burns this has been full scope see you later